I'm going to dive right in this morning. We are in a series that we've been in. It's called Be Done. Thy will be done, not my will. And, and that comes from Jesus' prayer when he was teaching this, the disciples how to pray. And he got to the point where he said, thy kingdom come, God's kingdom, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, and the word thy actually means your will, but I, I just like the old King James, the way it sounds, thy will be done. And so we've been looking at this. It's been pretty exciting so far, I think. I know for myself, I'm getting a lot out of it, so hopefully you are too. What I'm going to do, though, this morning is I'm going to just read from the New Testament, Gospel of John, just to set our, our pace, set our tone this morning. John 15 this morning, starting verse 1. kind of want to land on one scripture, but uh, you got to read everything in context. Jesus talking to his disciples and giving the whole layout here. I just love this, one of my favorite portions of scripture. So I just want you to lean in, listen, because I believe God's going to speak to you through his word and uh, get me out of the way so he can speak directly to you. John 15, starting verse 1, Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me. And I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Just given the, you know, straightforward, talking about the vine. Um, in, that, in that culture, you know, grapes were growing everywhere. So Jesus is probably like pointing to a, a vineyard and, and the vines when he's actually telling the disciples this. Verse 5, that's what I'm leaning into this morning. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. I'm going to read on, but we're going to come back to that. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch, and it's withered. And they gather them and throw them in the fire, and they're burned. If you abide in me, however, and my word and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified. That's so awesome that God is glorified when we ask him. When we come to him and say, God, I have a need, I'm hurting, I'm, I'm in pain, please, can you help? He's glorified when we, his kids, say, God, help. We're going through this. Your will be done. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so that you will be my disciples. Got to read just a little bit further. As a father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Again, this word, abide, abide. If you keep my commandments... You will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Now, Jesus right there is talking about when he summed everything up, love God with all of your heart, soul, and mind, love your neighbors yourself. So he's, he's leaning in on that specific thing, not just the Ten Commandments or the, the commandments of the Old Testament. He, he outlined it right there earlier. My commandment, love God, love your neighbors yourself. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in me, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy will remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Your relationship with God must come first. Out of your walk with God, God accomplishes his plan. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches, the one who remains in me, and I in him produces much fruit, because you can do nothing without me. If you are or at any time in your life have ever experienced dryness in your walk with God, if you've experienced those times in your life where you might be trying to do things on your own, 
trying to, to live life, trying to get up every day and just, you know, go on, you're going through the motion, then I think this morning this talk is for you. This talk is for you. Because I think all of us have, have at times had the this, this seasons of dryness, the seasons of crossroads, a season in our life where we're like, all right, God, what's next? What's next? What do you have for me? However, God's word says that when we abide in Christ, he accomplishes more through us than we could ever accomplish on our own. Abiding. Again, I'm going to read that verse 5, John 15, but I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation, just a little different. It says, I am the sprouting vine, which is a growing living, and you are my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you're powerless. Wow. We need God's power. When, when you and I, as we seek God's will, God says he will equip us for whatever assignment he has for us. God will equip you and I for the assignment that he has for us. Amen? Whether you're married today, single, you're young or mature, come on, rich or poor, God can use your life to impact his kingdom here on earth. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Not, not just some day in the sweet by and by, but today on earth. But so often, I don't know about you, but I always want a detailed roadmap of where God's leading me. We want a roadmap before we're willing to set out on a journey with God. But today, I want to give us something practical in our lives. Some, some things that we can actually look at and, and help us discover what God has for each and every one of us. Amen? God's will. And in doing so, hopefully you'll get a fresh vision for your life. And, and like I said last week, maybe avoid some landmines along the way. Because sometimes we look at God's word and we're like, man, I don't get it. It's like it's a bunch of, you know, do's and don'ts and things like that. But when, when, you, when you line it up and you look at the whole of Scripture, you realize that God has these things in place so that we won't mess up. He's trying to keep us from harm. You know, when you go back and you're like, do not steal, that's probably a good idea. Because if you do, you're probably going to get caught eventually, right? But those are the things God wants to give us. So I want us to look at three things this morning. We're going to look at stop, stay, and go. See, again, before we start, we have to remember that God's will is that everyone would know his son Christ and that we would come to faith. We looked at that at week one. What is God's will? It's that all would come to saving knowledge of Christ. So often we ask the question, and you're like me, what is God's will for my life? Do you know if you ask the wrong question, you're going to get the wrong answer? We need to start with, what is God's will? And his general overall arching theme is that we all know him. But from there, he has things and assignments for each of us. Do you believe that? It's called abide. So we have relationship with God, we grow with God, and then God uses us to impact the world. And those are the general things for God. But here's some practical things. When you're facing a crossroad in your life or a major decision, or maybe you're in a dry season today, the first thing that you need to do is stop. You need to stop. You need to stop and maybe just take a deep breath. I mean, all of us, can we do that just for a minute? One of the best things we can do and that you can do when you're facing a high-stakes decision in your life is to stop. Take a time out. Pray for guidance. Sleep on it. 
You know, sometimes if you just stop, take a time out, sleep on it, you're going to avoid the landmines. Get some godly wisdom. We all need someone in our lives who tell us the truth, even if we don't like it. Sometimes somebody tells us the truth, and you're like, nope, you just came into my circle, my bubble, and you weren't allowed in there. But if you have people and family and friends and people you trust, sometimes you got to let them into that place so they'll speak truth to you. Get some godly advice. Sometimes we have to picture the outcome. Like, God, what, what am I thinking? What are you thinking? What is the plan? God's okay with dialogue. Do you know that? Ask yourself in those situations, is this something I should stop completely? Because most of us have good intentions or at least some kind of justification for the things that we do in our lives. And yet so often and so many times we are surprised when we find ourselves a long way from the direction that we were headed originally. We're a long way off. The big changes in our lives, both negative and positive, they rarely happen without a series of decisions piling up on top of each other. If you get to a place in your life and you're like, wow, I'm, I'm not nearly as close to God as I used to be. That didn't happen overnight. Same as other things. Like, God, are, am, I, am I going where I'm supposed to be going? Stopping can be one of the most productive things we actually do. When you stop and you take a look at where you are and where you want to go, then you can decide how to move toward the destiny that God has for you. Sometimes we're just walking along, we don't even think about right, like where we're going. And then we're like, wow, I'm completely lost. Anybody been hiking and get lost out in the woods? can be kind of scary. So ask yourself, what can you stop in order to move closer to God's direction for your life? Some of you need to write those down or think about that. What can you do in order to move closer to God's direction? Are you doing anything right now that's taking you in the wrong direction? In the direction that you don't really want to go or the direction that God doesn't want you to go. This is how we avoid landmines in our lives. We want to abide in Christ. What do you need to stop completely? You ever thought about that? Like, what is it that I need to stop completely? I mean, often we think of, like, you know, addictions and things. And, and you know, there's the big list that we can go through. But, but sometimes it might be social media. How about approval? I'm worried about what everybody else thinks, and I, and I haven't considered what God thinks. And God says, I love you, and I made you. How about an unhealthy relationship or a judgmental attitude? What can you stop in order to move closer to God's divine direction, thy will for your life? Not my will. When something takes you in the wrong direction that moves you farther away from God, then you need to stop. Ask yourself, if I make this choice, am I considering where it's going to take me? What can I stop in order to move closer to God? The second thing is to stay. You know, I, I've thought many times, and Betsy and I, as we were talking about this, I've thought of so many times in my life that, I, that I've looked at that I wanted to give up. I, I think we all have. There's times where we're like, man, God, is this worth it? Or you just, you know, and it may not even be, you know, the big God thing. You're like, man, I, why am I doing this? What am I doing? Or there's times where you're like, you know, I gave it a shot. It didn't work out, so I'll move on. That's just how it goes. 
All of us have faced challenges at different times and different seasons in our lives. And, and in those, I don't know about you, but I ask myself, God, should I stay or do you want me to walk away? Should I stay or do you want me to walk away? Am I choosing to give up because it's the right thing or it's the easy thing? Because sometimes the best decision you can do is to stay the course, even when it might be easier to walk away. But, but listen, I'm not saying that there aren't times where we need to walk away from things. But before you decide, ask yourself, is this the right thing or is it just the easiest thing? Because I know times in my life, man, that would be so easy just to let go of that. And then I feel God going, nah, Joe, I think you're supposed to. I'm like, I don't want to. I'm sure you've never said that with the Lord. Is it the right thing or just easier? Because listen, sometimes the greatest act of faith is faithfulness. I'm going to say that again because I think some of you weren't listening. Sometimes the greatest act of faith is faithfulness. Staying where you're planted. And years from now, you may look back and you may thank God that you decided to stay even when it would have been easier to go. Remember, God made you in his image. Ephesians 2.10. I'm going to quote it again because it's probably one of my favorite verses. For we, you, we're God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Something that he's already done. Ephesians 2.10. See, you have to remember, he's the author and finisher of your story. You're not a quitter, you're a finisher, according to God's word. He's the author and finisher of your story, my story, the big story. So maybe you need to pray. And, and ask God, say, God, is there anything I'm trying to walk away from that you want me to stay and finish? And will you give me the strength to press on? That's always a great follow-up. God, I need the strength to get through this. Amen? I'm kind of hitting this quickly, but I just want to give us some tools and give you some, some things to really consider and think about. Amen? Lastly, when considering a crossroad, is go. Do you sense something new happening in your life? Is God stirring something inside you? Do you want something different? Even if you don't feel it now, it's always a good idea to keep your heart ready and prepared for change because change is a guarantee. Change is a guarantee. We've talked about stop. We've talked about stay. Sometimes the best decision you can make in doing God's will is to go. Often we're, we're called to stand our ground when the pressure mounts, but many times we need to take a risk. Do you feel restless where you are? God may have planted a new desire in you to serve him somewhere else. Maybe he's calling you to go. You may need to follow that leading and see where it takes you. Embrace the adventure. Come on. Embrace the adventure. God is for you, amen? I mean, I believe that. God is for us, not against us. Embrace the adventure. There's a great story in the Old Testament about Abraham and Sarah that illustrates go perfectly. In Genesis 12, God spoke to Abraham. Actually, he is Abram before he changed his name, but we'll just get right to it. Abraham. And he gave him a very simple and direct command. He tells Abraham, walk away from everything you've ever known. Genesis 12.1, leave your country, your people, your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. 
Wow. No roadmap. No GPS. And you know what? He did it. Leave and go. To step towards your destiny, you may have to step away from your security. I know for Betsy and I, this was the case when, when God called us out of a ministry that we served at for over 10 years. And many of you have heard that story. And we knew God was calling us out. We knew it. And at the time, we had no idea where we were going to go and what we were going to do. Let me tell you, that's a scary thing. And we thought, we're like, oh, we're going to be missionaries down in, in South America. My wife's from Mexico. That just makes sense. Yeah, door closed on that. Oh, maybe we'll go to Nashville and write songs and, you know, connect with people. Nope, door closed on that. And then we're in a place where, like, well, what's going on? And as we, we share, it was like God took us through a boot camp, but he called us out of a place not even telling us where we were going. We had no idea at the time that God was going to ask us to plant a church. Because if somebody ever asked me years ago, hey, you should be a senior pastor. You should lead a church. I would have said, no, I've seen their job. I don't want it. But God has a way of saying, you know what? This is the assignment I have. To go somewhere else, you have to leave where you are. That was deep. Come on, let me say it again. To go somewhere else, you have to leave where you are. You have to leave what's known, what's comfortable, what's predictable, what's easy. To step towards your destiny, you may have to step away from your security. And who knows where God will take your story if you just let him. If you just let him. One day, years from now, one day you're going to look back and you're going to see the whole story. You're going to look back and you're going to see the story. You're going to look back on your life and, and say, wow, okay, there was a crossroad. There was a crossroad. There was a crossroad. There was a decision. That was a decision. You know, it's usually those highlights that we see. We don't always see every little detail, but the big highlights we always do. What's it going to be? Are you going to be in that place where you said, you know what, I felt like God was calling me, but I was afraid and I did nothing. God was calling me to do this. He was calling me to step out in faith. He was calling me to take a risk, to go on an adventure, but I'm like, no, I like the comfort. I like to be comfortable. I won't lie, I like the comfort, but I want God's will, not my will. Or we allow God to fill your heart with faith and take you on a new adventure. The difference is whether or not you go when God says go. If God says go, guess what? But you can ask God. You can say, God, what is it you're calling me to leave, and where are you calling me to go? And if you get the Abraham story, you're like, great, I'm in good company but it's that step of faith. Isn't it like us, though, that we want the whole roadmap first? We're like, hey, God, I want to see exactly, you know, I want to see where you're taking me. I want to see this whole thing laid out. And God's saying, how about if you just take the first step? You can't get a mile down the road without taking the first step. Come on, that was for somebody. But this is very true and very real for us in this house this morning. Amen? And, and I'm saying this, because God is calling Morgan and Connor to go. If you're brand new today, you're like, I don't even know who you're talking about. Well, surprise. Morgan's been our worship leader for years, and we've known her since she was like 14. Now she's married and got two beautiful boys. So, and her husband works with the children in the back, and they helped us plant the church. And they've served faithfully, guys, 
They have served faithfully here. She's like our kid. You, you, Morgan will say it, and we will say it. We, we are like the other parents for Morgan and have been. But God has been stirring something new in their lives. So, church, I want you to know, we're going to stand with them. We're going to stand with them on this next step and this next adventure in their lives. Amen? And we're going to bless them. In fact, next week, Connor's going to be in here, and we are going to lay hands on them. Okay, that's going to be all churchy. Come on. And we're going to pray, and we're going to send them with a blessing. Because here's the thing. I told Connor and Morgan, and they know how much we love them. We know. I mean, like, there's a part you're like, oh, my gosh, the kids are leaving the nest. But you know what? On the other side, I believe that God is speaking to them. And I honor, and I say yes and amen to that. Because it's an adventure. So, church, I, I want you to hear me this morning. These are real things, and we have to have, like, real biblical, practical ways of looking at God's word so that we can look at this as a family. Amen? Thy will be done. I want to read a story to you. And, and just so you know, none of these notes were original to me. I read a lot, so, you know, got my Andy Stanley in here. I've got Experiencing God in here. I've got some C.S. Lewis. You know, all of this comes from the things I'm, I'm learning. Uh, of course, God's Word, that's where we land every time. But I want to read a story from a pastor from a book that I'm reading. And hopefully this kind of lands this for us. This pastor says, For 12 years, I was the pastor of a church in a small community, and it was surrounded by a farming community. One day, a farmer invited me to visit him at his house. His directions went something like this. Go a quarter mile past the edge of the city, and you'll see a big red barn on your left. Go to the next road and turn to your left. Take the road for three quarters of a mile. You'll see a large poplar tree. Anybody get directions like this, right? Go right about four miles, and then you'll see a big rock. He says, I wrote all of this down, and only by God's grace that I eventually managed to find the guy's farm. The next time I went to the man's house, he was with me in the vehicle. Because there was more than one way to get to his house, he could have taken me any way he wanted. But this time, I didn't need written instructions. You see, he was my map. What did I have to do? I simply had to listen to him and do what he said. Every time he said turn, I did what he said. He took me a new way, a way I had not discovered and could not have discovered on my own. I could never retrace the route by myself because the farmer was my map. He knew the way. Jesus is your map. Amen? Jesus is your map. Thy will be done, thy kingdom come in my life. Is that your prayer this morning? That God's will be done in your life? That you'd be in that adventure with him? Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. That's us. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit. Because of you, you can do nothing without me. Doing God's will, you may need to stop, you may need to stay, you may need to go. Amen.